Hello and welcome to the English with Stephen podcast. My name's Stephen Green and today we're going to look at one of the most famous men in world history, Julius Caesar. Most people know of Julius Caesar as the Roman general who became the most powerful man in Rome. He conquered Gaul, fell in love with Cleopatra and won countless wars and battles. But Julius Caesar also had a huge impact on languages all over the world, including English. As we go through today's episode, think about words and phrases that you have in your language that were inspired by this man who died over 2,000 years ago. All of that after this short break. This is the English with Stephen podcast. All of the episodes in this podcast are designed to help you learn English as quickly and effectively as possible. The episodes are short so that you can focus all of your energies on them. They also come with a transcript to help you understand and learn new vocabulary. You can find the transcripts as well as links to my social media and all the previous podcast episodes at englishwithstephen.com. Before we talk about Julius Caesar, I'd like to recommend another podcast for English students. It is called Zdenek's English Podcast. Zdenek, I hope I'm saying his name right, interviews different people about learning English. Sometimes they're teachers and sometimes they're English learners. And at other times they are both teachers and students. It is a great podcast and will give you valuable tips for learning English from people who really know what they are talking about. You can find Zdenek's podcast on your favourite podcast app or by searching for Zdenek's English Podcast. I'll post a link on my site, englishwithstephen.com. So, Julius Caesar then. What has he ever done for the English language? Quite a lot, actually. The man's name was actually Gaius Julius Caesar, but nobody seems to remember the first part, so I'm going to concentrate on the last two names. Nobody's quite sure what Julius originally meant, but one theory is that it referred to the first hairs that a man grows on his face, the idea being that it's related to being young and strong. Likewise, the origin of the word Caesar is also unknown, but my favourite theory is that it came from the Latin word for elephant. The idea here is that an ancestor of Caesar's killed one of Hannibal's elephants when he was trying to invade Italy. So, Julius Caesar might have meant something like a young elephant killer. Anyway, whatever the original meaning, Julius created many similar names. Boys' names such as Julius or Julian. Or girls' names like Julie, Julia, Juliana, Gillian and Jill are all inspired by the original Julius Caesar and are still popular today. As well as taking over most of Europe, Julius Caesar was also responsible for changing the calendar. Previously, Rome had operated on a lunar calendar, which uses the moon. However, this created a lot of problems because he was not very precise. He decided to switch to a solar calendar, which uses the sun and is a lot more precise. The only problem was that a solar calendar needed a couple of extra months. So, why not name one after himself? This is where we get the month of July from. The second part of his name, Caesar, gives us Caesarean section, 
or more commonly today, C-section. A caesarean section is a way of delivering a baby by cutting through the mother's abdomen. The story is that this is the way that Julius Caesar was born. But this is probably not true because in Roman times it would have meant killing the mother. And we know that Caesar's mother lived for a long time after he was born. As the leader of a formidable army and state, Caesar has been a hero to many strong, some would say tyrannical, leaders throughout history. Indeed, the word for the Russian leader, Tsar, an Arabic leader, Shah, and a German king, Kaiser, all originated in the word Caesar. During Julius Caesar's time as a ruler in Rome, there was a rumour that Caesar's wife was having an affair with another man. In ancient Rome, it was common for people to have affairs all over the place, and there was no evidence that she actually was having an affair. But this didn't stop Caesar from divorcing his wife. He claimed the reason for this was that Caesar's wife must not only be innocent, but everyone must think she is innocent. We can still use the phrase Caesar's wife in this context today. In the Bible, there is a parable where Jesus is asked whether people should pay taxes to the Romans. This was a very difficult question to answer because the Jewish people were dominated by Rome and many wanted to fight for independence. However, if Jesus said they should not pay taxes, then the Roman forces would have a reason to arrest him. So to answer the question, Jesus is supposed to have said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. This was very clever because the coins at that time had Caesar's head. So when you paid your taxes, you were giving back to Caesar something that really belonged to him. Incidentally, the emperor of Rome at the time of Jesus was not Julius Caesar. However, all emperors took the name Caesar for a few hundred years after his death. But it's not just the names of Julius Caesar that live on with us, but also his words and actions. At one point, Julius Caesar invaded the kingdom of Pontus, near modern-day Macedonia. The invasion was very easy and the victory was swift. Caesar wrote in a letter to a friend, Vini, Vidi, Vici, or I came, I saw, I conquered. This is a Latin phrase that many people still know today, even if they've never studied Latin. There is a river in northern Italy called the Rubicon. It is a small river, but it marked the border of Rome's homeland during Caesar's life. The law was that anybody who brought an army across this river was declaring war on Rome. After defeating the Gauls in modern-day France, Caesar felt he had no choice but to cross the Rubicon and start a civil war against the Roman Senate. We still use the phrase, cross the Rubicon, when we're crossing a line that sets us on a path that cannot be changed. When Caesar crossed the Rubicon, he's supposed to have said, the die is cast. In modern English, we use the word dice for the six-sided cube we use to play games of chance. This is actually wrong, because dice is the plural. Originally, die was the singular. So Caesar was saying he had thrown the dice and there was nothing else that could be done. It was all up to fate. Eventually, Caesar's fate was to be killed by the senators who were worried he wanted to be king. Rome was still, officially at least, a republic. 
the senators were worried that Caesar wanted to change this and become a tyrant. One of the people involved in killing Caesar was Brutus. Brutus was very close to Caesar personally, and when Caesar realised that his young friend was involved in his assassination, he's supposed to have said, Et tu, Brutus? Or, even you, Brutus? At least, this is what Shakespeare would have us believe. But there is probably a lot of artistic licence at play here. Another Latin phrase associated with Caesar that is still used today is Sic Semper Tyrannus. Once they had killed Caesar, Brutus is supposed to say this, and it means something like, thus always to tyrants, suggesting this is what would happen to any and every tyrant. It is relevant today because, hundreds of years later, John Wilkes Booth said this as he shot and killed President Lincoln. The phrase can also be found in mottos for the state of Virginia, various American military groups, and even in popular culture, for example in the Marvel comic The Punisher, the TV shows, NCIS, Rick and Morty, Seinfeld, and even in movies such as The Big Lebowski. Caesar was killed on the 15th of March, or, as the Romans called it, the Ides of March. Legend has it that a month earlier Caesar was visited by a soothsayer, a type of fortune teller, who warned Caesar his life would be in danger for the next 30 days. When Shakespeare, yes, him again, came to tell the story of Caesar, he used the famous line, Beware the Ides of March. This phrase is not commonly used today unless something bad happens around the middle of March when newspapers love to use the old quote. And finally, Caesar salad. Have you tried a Caesar salad? It's very popular and the basic ingredients are chicken, lettuce and some sort of bread with a dressing on top. Unfortunately though, this salad was not invented by or for Julius Caesar. It was instead invented by an Italian chef called Cesar Cardini at his restaurant in California in 1919. That's all for me today. Don't forget to tell me about the words and phrases you have in your language that are inspired by Caesar. And, of course, go check out Zdenek's English podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope to speak to you again next week. English with Stephen is written, recorded and edited by me, Stephen Green. The music you hear at the beginning and end was written and recorded by my friend and former student, Beppi. English with Stephen is recorded in Curitiba, in the south of Brazil. Remember, you can find past episodes, transcripts, social media links and much, much more on my site, EnglishWithStephen.com. Thanks for listening and good luck with your studies.